Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is Black Writer Space. We are back. And today we have um, myself, Miss Mocha, and Mario Givens. Mario. Hey, good evening, everybody. And today our guest is going to be Kevin Moultrie. We're going to be discussing his book called Life After Divorce. Kevin. Hello, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'm doing good in yourself. Fine, wonderful, can't complain, can't ever complain. Uh, we want to just dig right into uh, our topic today, which is life after divorce. I do want to be able to open up the line for callers to call in with any questions they may have cons- uh, concerning a situation like this. I know this is something that's very common and people are going through this like every day. Yes. But um, the call-in number for our listeners is 347-215-8712. But, uh, Kevin, go ahead. Tell us about your book and how it came about. Um, how long have you been writing? Hello? Uh-huh, I'm here. Yes, there's something going on with these phone lines. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Uh, you were asking, the, what was the question you asked? Tell us about your book. And how did you, how did it come up for you to write a book with this title? This was a really strong title, Life After Divorce. So tell us about that. Well, the book came about because, you know, I was married for 13 years, and and it came about because after I got divorced, there was um, really no one in the Christian community that I could talk to. Uh, And that was not because no one cared, but all the people that I knew, uh, my pastor, the the people I went to church with and, and everything, they were all still married. So they really couldn't understand the perspective of what I was going through because here I was, a single Christian in ministry, and and I used to being with this companion, used to having a person there with me all the time, you know, for physical reasons, emotional reasons, all of those reasons, and now all of a sudden that was gone. Mm-hmm. and to not have anyone to talk to, discuss that with, to find out how do you deal with these things, it caused me to have to go through them kind of on my own. 
and through the different trials and tribulations, the mistakes that I made uh, as far as dating and everything that came with it afterwards. And it just, you know, God told me, you know, you need to reach out and help people. You need to write about this because this situation is happening so very much and people don't have anyone that they can turn to. So that was the premise for the book. That's how the book came about. It was really from my own personal experience, and I needed to really uh, get those emotions, get those feelings, and deal with them. And so that's how the book came about. Okay. It's it's just a thing, like you said, that a lot of people are facing every day. Yes. And and the emotional part of that itself. And, and, you know, I wanted to write a book because from the male perspective of uh, how dealing with life after divorce from the male perspective. You know, a lot of times we as men, we don't like to communicate our feelings and our emotions when we're going through certain things. And and let's be honest, when, when you think about divorce and you hear people talk about divorce or whatever relationships, a lot of times it's geared towards what the woman is going through after mm-hmm. the breakup. Yeah. And That's so I wanted to put something yeah, I wanted to put something out there to say, Okay, we we deal with those same emotions and those same difficulties also. So and that was another reason for the book also. Okay. Cool. Um, this is a really, really, really strong subject. Um tell us was this your first time having to write something in this particular uh, subject? This is really deep, really strong, real, you know, it's a lot of opinions concerning this uh, this epidemic that we have right? concerning marriage and divorce. I mean, I guess there's more people divorcing now than it is getting married, so they say. Yes, it is. Yeah. And the numbers are startling, you know, there's a... Uh like a 50% divorce rate in our country, but in the Christian community, it's a 47% divorce rate, mm. yeah, okay. which is, that's, is, that's is astonishing. <laughs> it is very wow. astonishing that, that that rate is that high, you know, and I didn't know that until I was doing the book and started doing some research, you know, on the, you know, on the topic itself, and that's when I came across those numbers, which is, is, is very staggering to know that, you know, but this is the first book I had to write, you know, geared towards this topic. It wasn't the first book I've ever done, but the first book I did was more of an inspirational quote type of um, daily devotion type of book. So this book was the very first one uh, that I had to write out of in this manner. And, you know, it was a very personal book because of the personal. I share a lot of my personal experiences in the book, you know, mm-hmm. to help people that are facing those same experiences, you know, we always know that we go through things to help someone that's going through it after we come out. Mm-hmm. And yep. so, and I used it. I used the the negative situation that happened, and turned it into a positive way to minister to unto people. Okay. Sounds good. That sounds really good. That's good. That's what we need out here, um, in the Christian community and just yeah. in the world. Period. Yes. Um. Okay, let's talk about the book. Now, I read the book myself. So um, what I did like was that you had a lot of your chapters were, like, really hitting home with different things you go through. Um, some people, you know, they can say they swing through it, but it's still an emotional 
yeah. uh, roller coaster, you know what I'm saying, day to day, every minute, because you have to adjust to this whole new life. So uh, yes. I know you had some chapters on um, low self-esteem, dealing with low self-esteem, dealing with lust, and trusting, again, yes. in new relationships. So tell us about that, like your personal experiences with that. Well, what, what I mean, how did you deal with that? Well, I mean, like the the biggest one is is the forgiveness, of course. Um, okay. The biggest part is forgiveness. You have to forgive yourself first, because mm-hmm. you know most times, you know, when you go through a situation like that, even even if it's not a divorce, even if you can been in a long term relationship and it was a and it was a breakup and and the pain that you're going through, most of the time, what we end up doing is we start saying, okay, what did I did not do properly? Where did I go wrong? You know, a lot of times we start heaping those things on ourselves. So the first thing you have to do is forgive yourself for anything you may have done within that relationship or that marriage that may have started it on the road to decline. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you forgive yourself, you can begin to forgive that person that, you know, if they've done something wrong to you in the marriage or in the relationship, you have to forgive that person. Of course, we know that forgiving that person is not so much for them, but it's for you to move on. Right. Because it's it's impossible for you to move on to another relationship and for it to be healthy and successful if you're still carrying the baggage of unforgiveness from the past relationship. Because we know we'll start, that person that we're dealing with at the present time, we'll start, you know, treating them as the person that we came out of the relationship with that did not work. Right. And we'll find ourselves... Um, we find ourselves treating them in the wrong way that they really didn't do anything, but we find ourselves keeping those past emotions upon them and making them pay for it. And and then, of course, after that, you have to learn to trust again. You have to learn to trust yourself again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's fine to say, you know, about trusting other people, but you have to learn to trust yourself, trust your judgment again, because that's another thing that, that hits you pretty hard because, Especially as a Christian, you know, we're taught to seek God and, and listen to his voice for instructions. And, and you find yourself, okay, God, I was with this person. I'll say for me, I was married for 13 years. I believe this person, this this woman was supposed to be the woman that was supposed to be with me for the rest of my life. And it didn't work out. So I found myself saying, okay, how am I going to trust my own judgment again to be able to, to see someone and say, okay, this person can possibly be, my wife or my mate or whatever the case may be. And I had to find I had to find within me to trust myself again first. Mm-hmm. And trust my relationship with God that okay, I do hear from him. It wasn't that I didn't hear from him, it was that person's choice that that walked away from the marriage or walked away from the relationship. So you have to learn to trust yourself again first. And then you can begin to build on trusting other individuals in your life again. But if you don't trust yourself, that's not going to work. You can't trust anybody else if you don't trust yourself because you're always going to be second-guessing your Mm -hmm. decision or second-guessing yourself of the choice that you're making with this new person in your life. So those things are the the two biggest things. Uh, And then you're talking, you're asking about the lust. You know, I had a chapter in here talking about lust versus love. Mm-hmm. You know, and that those, that's a very fine line, you know, and, and I went through a situation where there was one young lady that I went to school with, and, you know, we were we were very close. I went to school with back in Milwaukee, and so 
and you know we we started talking again. She saw me on Facebook. We started talking again, and you know we made the decision. Okay, we're going to do this relationship thing. But what happened was, it really wasn't. I wasn't in love with this woman, even though I ended up telling her, yeah, I love her. But I wasn't in love with her. The thing was, I was missing that physical part of being married, and the lust kicked in. And when the lust kicked in, it it fooled me into thinking I was in love with this woman. So what happened was I ended up being physically intimate with her when it really wasn't a love thing. And that's what the chapter about lust versus love is. You have to be very careful because you'll get tripped up into thinking that you're in love with someone, but you're really just physically lusting after them or you're lusting after the, the companionship that you did not have. Mm-hmm. See, we have to understand that lusting is is much more than just flesh. You can lust the companionship. You can lust that emotional connection that you once had before. You don't love the person, but you're lusting after what you had. So, And I got caught up in that with that person. Then then there was another young lady that that I actually was really falling for. And But because of the past situation where I messed up with the lust, I got confused in that too and was like, okay, wait a minute, I don't want to make the same mistake again and mm-hmm. held back of what I felt and ended up losing someone that could have been possibly a very good person for me. So in the book, I reveal myself and open up and say, this is these are the things that I went through as a tool to show people that that this is what you that you what you will face, and you have to make an intelligent decision and sit back and take a moment and work on yourself first before you jump back into meeting people and and conversing with people and taking it to those levels. You really have to step back and give yourself time to heal mentally, physically, spiritually. You have to give yourself that time to get back into who you were. Because a lot of times we lose ourselves in the midst of uh in the midst of the marriage. You know, we're trying to be that um that perfect spouse. We're trying to be that ideal spouse for that person that we're with. Um we're taught as Christians that once we the two of us together, we two now are one. So a lot of times we take that and mess up and we lose ourselves in the midst of it. And and we lose things that we enjoyed doing and so you really have to take time to get back to knowing yourself, back to falling in love with yourself before you try to go back out there and get involved with someone else. Wow. So those are some of the things that I, it's a lot of things that are covered in the book, but those are some of the most prevalent things that we face when we come out of, you know, especially a marriage. Uh, like I said, a marriage of 13 years, I was used to having that woman next to me every night. And if I decided to be physically intimate, I had someone right there. And that's not an easy thing to just be removed from out of your life. Now you have to find a way to deal with that. And let's be honest, there's not many things that are covered. Uh, and I'll say in, in the African-American Christian community, because that's all I know, that mm-hmm. that gears towards dealing with those things. Why? Because one, we're taught we're not supposed to divorce. And two... Most of the people are, that are still married, they don't know how to handle the situation because they've never been in the situation. So we find ourselves kind of on that branch by ourselves, and we make that one false move, and we find ourselves falling. Yeah, that's, yeah. I agree. I totally agree. We do have a caller. 
are back with our guest today, uh, Kevin Moultrie, and we are discussing his book, Life After Divorce. Kevin? Yes, I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened with our caller, but anyhow, we're going to move forward. Um, wow, that was a mouthful. <laughs> Whew. So... Tell us um, how has it been since since you've written the book? Like, how has your uh, journey been since you've written the book and, you know, you went through some of the um, main things you talked about in the book, like the forgiveness, the low self-esteem, the lust. How how have things been? Like, with have you been dating? Tell us about that. Well, since writing the book, of course, you know, you get that in that complete uh, emotional release, the uh, the cleansing part of it. Uh, some of the things that I wrote in the book, I had already conquered those things when I when I started writing the book. And some of the things I, were writing, I was writing during the time I was uh, healing from them. So um, the trusting, the... Uh, those type of things, you know, that's a that's still a daily process, you know, because mm-hmm. you still, even the trusting yourself part, it's it's, it's, it's going to be a daily process that you're going to have to face every day um, when it comes to dealing with people of the opposite sex, when it comes to dating, when it comes to courtship, when it comes to just getting to know people in general. Those things are, are always a daily, uh, daily struggle, a daily process that you have to um, conquer. But since writing the book, um, no, I'm, I haven't been haven't been dating because my my take on dating is I guess is a little different from others because mm-hmm. you know the dating now is you going out with different individuals 
you know, you mm. get to know this person, mm-hmm. you get to know this person. To me, I can't get to know someone in the way that I really need to get to know them, someone by dating three or four different people at one time. It just does not work. Right, <laughs> I like one the, at a time. I, like, I agree with right, that. Right, so I mean, I live I live by the, I know it may be a little old-fashioned, but I live by what Grandma and them used to call court. You know, you're talking mm-hmm. to somebody, you, you meet somebody, you know, you're talking to them on the phone, you're getting to know that person, and then after a while, after talking to getting to know that person, then you may go meet for dinner or you, whatever it is that you, you know, choose to do to get a little more um, a little more acquainted with each other so you can make that decision if this is somewhere you want to go with this. Because I don't believe it. I don't want to waste anyone's time, and I don't want to waste my time. If I just meet someone on a Wednesday and then that Saturday we're going out on a date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't had time to talk to that person to say, okay, this is what I expect or this is what this person expects. I just believe that we move so quickly now when it comes to things of that nature that we miss out on getting to know a person before we end up putting ourselves in a position to choose do I want to be physical with this person or do I not want to be physical with that person? Because let's let's be honest about it. You may meet someone and the first thing you see them, so you see there's physical attraction there. Then you don't take that time to get to know that person on a different level. You meet up for a date, you're physically attracted to this person, and then you find yourself in the position, okay, am I going to make this move to become physically intimate or am I going to hold back and say, let's wait a minute? Mm-hmm. Well, let's be honest. If you've been used to being physically intimate and you haven't had that physical intimacy in a while, a lot of times what's going to happen is you'll end up making a choice to be physically intimate. So if you just take that time to say, okay, for me, if I meet someone, I'm going to talk to that person at least four to five different times on the phone. Nice, decent conversations. They don't have to be three and four hours at a piece, but nice conversations to let that know what person know what I'm expecting, what I'm looking for, so I can find out what that person is looking for. Then we can both make an informed decision of do I even want to take it to the next level of us meeting up and having dinner or going dancing, whatever it is that you're going to do. But even those instances for us as Christians, as we know, that's a difficult thing. How do we date as a Christian? Hmm. How many? <laughs> that's a good question. Right. How many people even? How many people will take the time to sit down and discuss with a Christian? How do you really date as a Christian? If if you're a Christian and you're and you're saying, okay, I'm gonna walk away from all the things that I used to do. I don't I don't drink anymore. I don't go out to the club anymore. You don't do all those things anymore. Okay, so now where are you going to go? Where where are you going to go to meet someone? Where are you going to take someone once you meet that person? So mm-hmm. all of those things for us as Christians are big obstacles, and and you know, and that's a chapter in the book also called the dating game. How do you play the dating game now as a Christian when you compare it to what the dating game is described as, you know, what society describes as the dating game? How do you do it as a Christian? Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the things that I face and you still face, okay? I mean, someone tell me. And because I had no one to tell me, you end up making those mistakes. Right. We have a caller, another caller I'm going to attempt to... Get them on the line. Okay. Hello. 
Hello? Okay. Maybe not. Okay. Anyhow. <laughs> Mario, you're real quiet today. I'm just listening to the brother speak. You're saying it all. Uh, good evening, uh, Kevin. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great yourself, sir. I'm okay. Uh just want to say thanks for coming on the show. We uh, we really appreciate what you're doing and uh, the book yourself because life after divorce is a main topic in America, you know. And I have a question. Sure. Out of all these chapters you have in the book, which chapter is the most – the chapter that – you was like, oh, I got to let everybody know about this one. I got to put my all into this chapter. Which one was it? <laughs> wow. Um, honestly, it was it was it's a toss up between two: the rediscovering you chapter, which is in chapter four, and the chapter about helping the children heal, because I had two adopted yeah. daughters that that we adopted while we were together, and they were already adopted out of another family. And so they were de- now they had to deal with the fact of this family being split up also. So right. that was a very important chapter in the Rediscovering You because I felt that chapter was so important because it's a big, big thing that happens. We lose ourselves in the midst of not only a marriage but in a relationship. Like I said before, you're trying to be that, that ideal mate for that person, that sometimes you lose part of yourself in that. And I know for me, when I was married, I stopped writing, period. Out of all the 13 years I was married, I did not write a single thing. Not a poem, not anything. And that was a big part of who I was. And I stopped doing that because that wasn't her thing. And so I find myself trying to make that compromise to be, you know, be that, be the husband that she needed. So I stopped doing that. And and I found out after, you know, after divorce and everything, that that was a big part of me I had to rediscover. And I rediscovered it through a great friend of mine. Uh, her name is Michelle. And and we met, and she was, she's a poetess, and, and she kind of pulled that gift back out of me. And, you know, I've always been very thankful for her, to her for that. And I had to rediscover that part of me. And once I rediscovered that part of me, I started to heal better because I was able to put my feelings out and in the in the form of poetry and, and in the form of just writing and getting my feelings out and that was a very big part of the healing process is rediscovering yourself because once you rediscover yourself you can fall back in love with yourself right. and if you fall back in love with yourself and you rediscover yourself you won't accept anything less than what you deserve after that oh wow so why do, why do you put the book out now like why why now like all the, all the stuff you've been going through, why you chose to do it right now at this moment to to make this happen? Was it something that was kind of haunting you or your emotions were getting a little bit to the point where you just had to let it out? You know, what what was the reason why you wanted to bring out the book right now? Well, the reason why the book came out when it did is was because I didn't feel, I didn't feel right trying to re- release the book until I was, about done dealing with what I had to deal with, if if that makes any sense. If yeah, I yeah, if I was okay. right, if I released the book while I was in the seal on the process of healing, then I I don't feel I could have been as beneficial as I am in the book. See, I started writing the book in the process of healing. So, 
I was writing chapters and writing stuff down in the process of my healing that was helping me. So it allowed me to put it together. And once once I, and I'm still not completely through with the healing process. I don't I don't believe it ever just completely heals. You still you still face things every day. But once I got out of the the feeling sorry for myself and all all those things that you go through, I was ready to be able to help somebody else. You know, I can't. They tell you when you get on the plane, you know, if the plane is going down, when the oxygen mask drops, put it on yourself first before you try to help somebody else. I can't help somebody else if I'm still in a dire situation. Mm, Okay. So that's why that's the timing of the book. But what what lessons did you learn really? Like, what was the main lesson out of out of going through your situation for the for the readers and the listeners when they get your book? They can say, okay, I, I knew what he was talking about on the radio show. Like, what lessons learned from that relationship, that marriage, that the main topic in this book? Like, it's like more so like the wow factor. Well, the the main lesson for me, if you if you're asking the main lesson from the marriage or afterwards, afterwards, yes. Okay, the main lesson that I learned after after the marriage was over and after going through the divorce was the main lesson that I learned was that it's okay for me to be happy again because I'm telling you when when once you I was I was speaking about the uh, the woman that I was that had was involved with and I really did love this woman but because I felt guilty about feeling those feelings other than someone than my ex-wife if that makes any sense mm-hmm. I, I felt I felt guilty for feeling being happy because in my mind and, and it is weird but in your mind sometimes you feel like you're almost cheating on that person You've given your heart to this person. You've you've invested all of your emotions into this person, and I found myself feeling guilty for being happy, and it caused a reaction where I pushed back and pushed away. So my greatest lesson was: it's okay to be happy. It's it's okay. I deserve to be happy. I deserve to to be loved the way I'm going to give love. I deserve all the great things that come with love. So that's the greatest lesson that I learned after the divorce, because. Less when someone when you when someone divorces you, it it's like the biggest rejection that you could ever face. And after being rejected in that manner, you really have to build yourself back up to realize that you deserve the happiness that you have always been seeking. You deserve it is yours and, and go for it. Oh wow! Uh, I just pretty much. Uh want to say that as a man in America, in this society, what you stated, like, when you first came on the show, there's not that many men, you know, that bring out their emotions and and can talk about relationships because of the certain things we was taught growing up, like, right. oh, you don't supposed to cry, you don't supposed to cry, <laughs> right. you don't supposed that's, that's a girl thing, no. I, so I want to just tell you that, thank you for that, because like the last radio show we did, I, I told the world that I used to hold so many feelings in because everybody used to always say, you don't, you're not supposed to cry, you're not supposed to do those things. But once I let those things out, I feel like I'm a man now. I'm I'm really right. a man. I'm not just a man because of my age. I'm a man because I can sit here and say, yeah, I cried. So what? 
Who does? Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I and I teach my son it's okay to cry. You know, it's okay to tell somebody how you feel, but be respectful in the process of that. So I'm going to say with your book and what you're saying, there's a lot of male bashing that's going on in this world, and mm-hmm. and I just want to say that this book can help kind of you know seize a little bit of that because it's men out here that's doing a job, you know, right, exactly. actually doing a job, and they need to be uplifted with that because everybody's not a deadbeat dad or or a woman be the womanizing all these titles that they throw on us. And hopefully right. this book, uh, this book will show that. So I want to say thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. When when God tell you to do something, you know, you, you got to do it. You don't go through okay. you don't go through anything for not for for nothing. There's always a reason behind it. And when when we as men learn that it's okay to share our emotions, then we won't be so doggone angry. Because when yeah. you hold those right. emotions and you hold those emotions in, if it, even if it's hurt or pain, it will, once it festers for long enough, it'll turn into anger. Mm-hmm. And you find so, many ang- find so many angry men because we don't get it out. We don't release our emotions. And that's one of the reasons why, honestly, I, I feel that women live longer than men. Women let their emotions out. They cry. They release. We try to be macho. We try to hold it in, and it literally kills us. Mm-hmm. It literally kills us. Our bodies are in distress. Our bodies are jacked up because we hold so much stuff on the inside of us, and our mind is so clouded and polluted with all these different emotions that we don't release. That we end up releasing them in the wrong manner. We end up beating on a woman. We end up uh, beating on kids. We end up lashing out. We just end up doing craziness because we don't let it out. So, and I agree because. If you look at our society right now with the young males, with all the killing and the fighting and, the, and being so aggressive, they don't yes. take the time out to express themselves, and so they take it out on other people who have, who didn't do nothing to them. Right. You know, right. and so I want to go back a little bit. I got one more question, and hopefully it's not too personal. Oh, go ahead, um, ex, bro. How do your ex-wife feel about you bringing this book out and putting things inside this book that she may say that's not true? Or say, well, why would he say this about me? Like, how did, did, did you guys talk about that, or I mean, you just don't care? No, well, you know, me and my ex-wife are very close. There's no drama. There's nothing like that. So, I mean, you know, it wasn't like that in the beginning. We all know you go through your your areas of, of things that's going on. But, you know, I sat her down, and I was like, listen, if... If at one time we loved each other enough to pledge our lives to each other, then we still should have something within each other that can, we can be civil, that we don't got to go through all this craziness, and we got these kids that we have to uh, that we still have to raise. But when I first did the book, I, I had a proof copy uh, delivered, and I and I gave it to her and let her read it. In the beginning, you know, she wasn't very receptive of it because it it, it was a poem in there that I wrote. Um, about getting over her. And so at first she wasn't very receptive with it, but when she read the whole thing and she saw that I didn't, my this book is about my journey after the divorce. There's only one part in there that I even talked about her in our marriage, and that's in the very beginning uh, when I was talking about when we were sitting in the courtroom and all the things that I was dealing with, all the emotions, all the thoughts that I was going in my, on in my mind. But after that, the book is about my journey after the divorce. 
I didn't put anything of our marriage of what we did or what happened. I didn't do any of that because that wasn't the premise for the book. It wasn't my purpose to slander her or, or bash her or any kind of way. So once she read the whole thing, then she was like, she was happy with the book. You know, she was like, wow, I, I didn't know that you dealt with all these things. And so and it really opened her eyes to to the things that I dealt with and what I had to go through afterwards. And so it really brought a, a closeness back with us as friends after her reading it. But at first she wasn't very open to it at all. Okay. Um, we're going to go to a quick break, uh, Kevin. But for those who just got on the radio show, we have Kevin Moultrie. He has a book out called Life After Divorce. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we don't really get to know Kevin Moultrie. All right. Dealing with this topic right now, 
and really need to have some type of direction as to where to go. So I just want to say once again, I just commend you for it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I had a couple of questions. One, I wanted to know what type of research you did with your book. Have you interviewed other couples or other people that have been, um, unfortunately, I say victims of divorce, or, you know, did you just draw from your own experience? Um, I did small research on, you know, some of the numbers um, as far as the divorce rate, and I did some research on places that offered, you know, around in my area especially that offered um, uh, post-divorce counseling and things of that nature and really didn't find much at all. So most of the stuff I went, the book is going on based upon my personal experiences, things that I've gone through, the things that I've faced. And, And I like that in the sense of, I could go by numbers, but I don't know who's on the other side of those numbers. Right. And a lot of time, the people on the other side of those numbers are people that haven't gone through it themselves. Right. So I thought the best perspective was, okay, here I am. I went through it. I'm living it. So who better to tell the story? Who better to 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 give help to those that are going through it than someone who's been through it themselves? Absolutely, absolutely. And the only reason I asked that was because I heard you said 14, 15 years and. I'm hearing that as like a common number. Um, I was married right. for 14 years. We have four children. This is the father of my four children. So I don't have five, four different baby daddies and things like that. But I hear so many people say that it's 14 years, 15 years. And I'm just wondering, man, do we know what the common denominator is about that number that makes people not be able to stay and stick it out? Well, I think one of the reasons, and I can speak, I know I was married very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got married. I was I was 23 and she was 20. Okay. But you know, but we were together three years before that, so it's not like we rushed into it either. But right. I think one of the one of the common denominators for it is is a lot of times when people get married, they get married and they get married with a with a false pretense, a false uh, thought process of what's actually going to be. And once they get into the marriage and they're like, okay, did I, I don't know if I signed up for this, you know, and instead of saying, okay, I did love this person, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have pledged my life to this person if I didn't love them. So let me take some time to work this thing out. I think that's one of the common denominators. And the second one is, as African-American people, we've been brought up and taught by our parents and our grandparents that we don't do counseling. Right. We don't talk to psychiatrists. We don't do stuff like that. So we find ourselves like, okay, we're going to try to work this out ourselves. And sometimes you need that third party to come mm-hmm. in and listen to to both sides and and give an, a, an answer that is not that is not biased. And a lot right. of times we go to our friends, we talk to our family, and your family is going to take your side nine times out of ten. So that's that's I think that's. Another thing, and the third is, like I said, we bring people, a lot of times we bring people into our marriage from the outside, mm-hmm. one that's not married. Correct. How is someone that's not married and that's never have been married can tell you how things should work in your marriage? And yeah. I think those are some of the things that we, as African Americans, we we mess up on. Because I know myself, you know, that is something that I would not have thought about was the counseling thing. It never right. came up. You know, it never came up. It was never brought up about it. But I believe that if we 
if we take the time and analyze ourselves and analyze what's going on, then we can we can save a lot of marriages. And if we put if we leave God in the marriage like we had him in there before, mm-hmm. then you know he can help work things out also. I agree. One one of the problems that I ran into was that the, one of the fractures of my marriage became that I was a Christian woman and my husband was being pulled by the world. And so everything mm. that was out there seemed so much fun. And, you know, I tried to I, you know, do the whole counseling thing, but that was Christian counseling. And so he didn't want to hear that. As soon as they said, you have to uh, leave your girlfriend alone, it was over. You know, counseling was over. So right. I couldn't find any anybody to counsel us on a you know on that level. I mean I was right. going to do that, but so I agree with you. But um, another question I have for you, I'm not going to take a lot of your time, but uh-huh. another question I have for you is, what would you say now to the Christian woman who is single, who like even now I hear you list your different people that you've come in contact with, and I've seen that the the wolf and she's clothing at the church who's talking about being a good, upstanding Christian man. and You think you have all of these things in common when really he just wants to sleep with you. Or, you know, right. how you know how people lie so much is different now, you know. A lot of us have been married for a long time, so dating is different. People move faster. Things are on a whole other level. So what advice would you give to the Christian woman? The advice that I would give to the Christian woman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a touchy one. But the first thing I would say to the Christian woman is is to continue to prepare herself. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of times and this and it goes both sides, I'm not just saying Christian women but Christian men also, a lot of times we feel that we're ready and we're really not ready. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to continue to prepare ourselves. Christian woman continues to prepare herself in in anticipation of that Christian man, and the Christian man continues to get deeper in God so he knows how to treat that Christian woman when he finds her. So I I would say continue to prepare herself. Don't look and bury yourself so deep in God that when that man does come along, he has to get deep in God to pull you out and to find you, to get you. So that would be my best advice to a Christian woman. And that's the good spiritual advice. Now, I gave you that side. Now, the other <laughs> other side of it, I would say is love yourself enough to not settle for anything less than the best. Absolutely. Because soon as you settle for something less than what you really deserve, you're not even going to get what you settled for. You're going to hmm. get even less. That's very good sound advice. <laughs> <laughs> so that would That's be my advice. That's good. And the, how was your relationship with your children? Or you said you adopted children? Yes. Oh, it's it's awesome. I mean, there's no, they don't see any fighting. They don't see any of that because I wasn't going to have that because, like I said, they were adopted. And the situations that we adopt, adopted them out of were already chaotic. And I refused to allow them to be in the midst of any more chaos. So it was it was mandated that we be adults mm-hmm. because they the only they were the only true victims in the situation. They were the only innocent, completely innocent individuals in the situation. Was them. So Absolutely. So that my relationship with them is is completely awesome. And nothing okay. nothing hinders it. Nothing at all. And my very last question. 
Mm-hmm. What would you do, or how would you recommend? Um, you know, if we wanted to get your book out there, if we wanted to get us. Like, I would love for my ex to read your book. Maybe give him some ideas. I mean, was it just send him a copy? What would you do? <laughs> I mean, not to offend him, but what would you what would you recommend, or how would you promote your book to men who do not have the exact same um, outlook on things as you do? Oh, that's a good one to promote it to them because you know you're breaking through that that exterior of that that manly uh chauvinistic um Bye-bye. macho you got to break through all of that garbage but i mean i do have a website um i have a website that you can get the book from uh, and i promote on there i also promote on facebook on my facebook page okay. uh the website is www.poeticsoulsplace.com to get that message to men that don't want to receive it, what I would suggest, whew, and this is going to be, this will be a tough one to do, but what I would suggest is if that man, man is in any type of male group, any type of, you know, uh, any type of um, organization, that you try to develop something that can get to them all at once. Because, one, mm-hmm. trying to get a man to sit down and listen to that that doesn't want to hear it by himself is not going to happen. It's very hard. It's just being honest. We when 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 we as men get something in our head that we're not going to do it, it's very hard to break through it and and to break through that force to do it. Two things that'll break it: God Himself and another group of men. Mm, okay. Because a okay. man is going to receive something better from a man than he will from a woman any day of the week. Mm, I'm not saying it's right. It's just the way it is. <laughs> Wow. You're right, you're right. Well, again, I appreciate you taking my call. You guys are doing awesome work. Um, I listen to you all the time. And, again, Kevin, I just want to say thank you so much for putting this book out there, even if it doesn't, you know, even if I can't get it to him, I can still listen and, and read what advice you have. And that I can always implement that in my own you know, right. household, my own family. It can help me. It can help me help me. So, Yes. Again, I appreciate it, and keep going. Keep putting out positive things. I will. Thank you so very much. And like I said, I don't know if you are you on Facebook. Yes. Okay, you can go on my my Facebook page is Kevin the Poetic Soul Mutri, and you can um, inbox me at me as me as a friend, and and I can definitely get you some other stuff that you know I've been working on that I that I do, and, and we can definitely um, go go from there. Okay, well, thank you very much. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful holiday and be safe. Thank you. Thank you too. God bless you. Bye-bye. And, and I want to say, you know, anybody listening to the show, if they want they want to purchase a copy of my book, they can go to my website. Or you can go to my Facebook page, my fan page, Poetic Soul on Facebook, and you can shop directly from there. And anybody listening to the show on to, on this evening and they want to purchase a copy of of one of my books, you know, I got four, but even if this main book right here, um, I will definitely give you a thirty-five percent discount. Okay. Oh wow. We have another. Um, I have another caller. I don't. <laughs> I'm just gonna try. <laughs> try I don't know what's through. going on with the callers tonight. Hello. Good evening. Hi. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. My for name calling. is. Thank you. Um, this is the Princess of Poetry, 
And I just wanted to say thank you to Kevin for coming on the show and sharing such a powerful topic on this evening. Um, I think that there should be more people who are exposed to this information. And my first question is, what has this book birthed as far as other opportunities? Has it put you in a place where you will accept speaking engagements? And if so, how can we reach you? Oh, yes, most definitely. Um, I know uh, Black Writer Space Magazine and myself, we're setting up something. I will be there on January 13th uh, at yes. 7 o'clock, and we will be doing that um, the champagne and networking thing, and we're going to be sitting down. And we're also doing a, a living, living Life After Divorce forum there right. also. But if they right. just they want to get... will be coming soon. Right. If, but if they want to get in contact with me, they can contact me, like I said, on Facebook under Kevin the Poetic Soul Mutri, uh, either that or through my fan page, Poetic Soul, or my website is www.poeticsoulsplace.com. And you can get in contact with me on any of those. And, yes, I will definitely come and sit down because I believe that's where the direction of this is leading. Uh, it started out as this book project, but there are already people that are asking me to come and speak at singles ministries and when they're having singles events and stuff like that. So, yes, I will definitely be available to uh, minister to this unto anybody that needs it at any time. Uh, what good is a gift if you don't share it? And that is amazing. Um, I'd like to ask another question. Sure. Being a single divorced mother, I have a young son who was the victim of our parting. What words would you have to give to a young man whose relationship with his father was severed by his father as a result of a divorce? The the first thing I would tell that young man is it's not his fault. Don't feel like he did anything in that situation to cause any split. So first of all, it's not his fault. Second of all, even though his relationship has been strained with his dad, Love and respect him. Love and respect him all the same because it's nothing but that love and that respect and that will that will probably get that relationship back to somewhat of the level that it was on. And the third thing I would tell him to do is to definitely uphold, respect, pray for, and and just be with his mom because now mom is being mom and dad and to hold her into a very high regard because there's nothing more of of an obstacle for a woman that's a single parent than to be a single parent of a man child without the man in the child's life. Because she's she's raising a man child now and, and there's gonna be some times in his life where he needs that positive male role model figure to either uh uplift him with a pat on the back or put a foot in his butt, one to two. <laughs> so <laughs> So he's going to need that. So that's what I would tell him. Respect his mom, love his mom, and keep loving and respecting his father. Because even though he's not in his life the way he should be, it'll be more beneficial for that son to continue to love and respect than it would be for him to hate and to disrespect. Well, thank you so much. You have shared many words of wisdom on this evening, and I appreciate you being willing to write the book and to share such valuable information. You have a good evening. You too, Princess. Thank you. Bye,
Okay, it's looking like another caller. Uh oh. Attempt. Hello. Hello. Okay. I hear music in the background, so somebody. <laughs> Hello. Okay, they hung up. Hello. Nobody wants to be on air. Hello. Okay, that's fine. Maybe they're getting shot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you sound a lot of pain, bro. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's like I said, it's a process. It's a journey. Sometimes hard. Sometimes a little more easier. But you know, like they said, no journey is too hard or too long when you when you find the destination that you're seeking. So you just have to keep going through it and, and keep pressing and keep pushing. Because I agree. It's 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 well worth it. I have found out. I have gotten to know myself so much more now after the after the divorce than I did during the whole time while I was married. Because again, like I said, I lost myself, and I am so much more happier with who I am now than when I was when I was in the marriage. Wow, that says yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah that's a good. <laughs> and not, you know, it's not that it was a bad marriage and all like that, but I still wasn't true to who I was and who I am. And so, once I allowed myself to get back to that place, then everything else came came forth. Hmm. The writing and everything came forth, and it, and now I have. I've written four books and on number five and, and I'm doing things that I would have never have even thought about doing while I was in that marriage because I had let that part of me go. So mm. Wow. Okay, we're gonna take a break. Okay. And we'll be right back.
Hello, we are back. Yes, ma'am. With Kevin Moultrie and my co-host, Mario Givens, we are talking about Kevin's book, Life After Divorce. This is really some good information, and I'm so glad we had some callers call in. This topic is so common and so... um, like you said, it's it's not enough information out here right. to help in the African-American community, that is, because I'm sure it's probably some books out there, but I am also sure that it does not touch on a lot of the topics and um, get off into the really details like you did right. by writing. You know, like you say, you were still in the healing process while you were writing. So, yeah, that's really... That's really good, good information. And um, I know for sure that this book can definitely help somebody else. Um, that, Mario, was... you got anything? Yeah, I just pretty much want to uh, go back inside the book itself about, like, you were talking about the dating game. Like, how? what mm-hmm. do you see yourself in the next two to five years as far as, with that chapter, the day, the dating game, do you see yourself just going out there or you see yourself taking your beliefs and taking your lessons learned and just letting God put a woman inside your soul or you just going to go out there and try to find somebody to fill that void, if there's a void? Well, the first thing I want to say is that um, my desire is to be married. My desire is to give the love that... God has invested in me to give to that woman that is that is destined to be in my life. Um, so within that time frame, I definitely look to be married again. Two to five years, most definitely. I'm 40 years old now. <laughs> I'm not waiting too long. But I, you know, I, that's, I was just joking. But really, though, I really, that's what I really believe because that's my desire and that's, that's his desire for me is to, I know that he has not invested everything that he has invested in me for it to to go to waste. So there is definitely that missing rib that's from my side that's out there that is being prepared for the arrival of me to find her and for us to be a blessing to each other. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, I have a, thing, I have a question. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I have a question about this one. My my thing is this: I'm single, and my desire is to be married. However, mm-hmm. it's a jungle out here. Most I was definitely. listening to you. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> so it's like me. <laughs> um, you know, I'm in church. I'm I'm I'm, you know, got my relationship with God, and and I don't pray for a husband. You know, some people say, "Well, I'm, I'm praying for God to send me." No, I'm not even doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also said something about uh, being, um, a lot of times you think you're ready and you're not. So I'm like, maybe mm-hmm. that's it. But I run into the most horrible men, seriously. Maybe not the horrible, okay, let me let me rephrase that. Not horrible men, but horrible, um, the, the personalities are horrible. Let me just say that. Okay. And it's like, what what am I doing wrong? Like I don't go out to clubs. That's the club scene is totally not me. The um, um, I belong to a big church, probably plenty of single men, but 
you know, a lot of times the ones in church be the worst than the ones in the streets. So it's like in in my patience, I'm frustrated too. So right. what do you, you know what I'm saying? So what kind of advice do you have for me, the host? I, I need some help. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know my worth, but what's up? We all, what? what? We are, we're, we're all single, so we all need that help, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it like I'll say it like this. Um, I would say one of the first things to do is is the hobbies and the recreation that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think what happens with us a lot of times is is that we miss we miss blessings all the time. We miss mm-hmm. blessings because sometimes they're not wrapped in the packaging that we used to seeing them in. Okay. And sometimes that gift is not presented in the package that we think that we want. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we overlook it because it doesn't have the the prettiest wrapping. It, it, it doesn't have a big red bow on it. It may just be the box sitting there. And sometimes we, we allow those blessings to pass us because we are looking for something specific that we have in our mind, which is fine. You, you're supposed to have some things that whatever you, whatever person you with is supposed to be appealing to you because if mm-hmm. not, you there's not going to be a good relationship. But what I'm saying is sometimes, and I say we, because I always include myself with it also, we miss out because we look in the wrong direction. Or even if we're not looking, sometimes we say we're not looking, but mm-hmm. we put out we put out into the airways of what we may want, what we may desire. And what we have to understand is, is the enemy will pluck that out of airways too. And he'll send you what you've been desiring in your mind or desiring out loud, and mm-hmm. and it'll dress, he'll dress it up, and make it look like it's it's coming from God, and then when we open the package, what's on the inside doesn't match what's on the outside wrapping. Right, it's a hot mess. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. I would say you know like a, you know, the hobbies and recreation that that we have, we may find someone you know you've got some things in common with that person. Because you both like the same things, mm-hmm. so it may be somebody in that arena. Arena, um, I would say through friends, but that can be a little sticky <laughs> because then friends mm-hmm. are trying to set you up with what they think you should have. Right, been been there, done that. Yeah, right. And then right. you know what though? They tell me that I don't smile enough. Maybe it's just my appearance, or um, uh, they're intimidated. Like they yeah. just kind of like assume. Too. Wow! Oh no, I ain't even gonna. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna even try to say nothing to her. But oh well, okay. I mean, but I, I don't. I wouldn't tell you. I wouldn't say it, tell you that man, it's just something wrong with you. <laughs> something you're doing wrong. It may not be the time. We, you know, you may not be yeah. fully prepared as we. A lot of times we think in our mind, like I said, that we are we fully prepared. ready for it. We yeah. ready for that. We ready to be. For that physical companionship again, we lonely. You know, we feel lonely and we we're alone and and all those things. But sometimes we're really not ready for the person that he has ready for us. I'll say it like that. Not that we're not ready for someone, but we may not be ready for the person that he has ready for us. Hmm. Okay, I can take that. Believe me, the the man that he has prepared for you, his searchlight is already on because. Us as men, he puts it in us. Since we are supposed to seek and find, the searchlight will already be out. But sometimes, sometimes we like the the the, the five foolish. We done 
let our oil run out with other knucklehead people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so our lamps aren't shining as bright, if I can put mm-hmm. it in that sense. Okay. I'll marinate on that. Mario, <laughs> you hear something else? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh wow! The love got on, on on Black Writer Space tonight. Wow. Um, <laughs> no, not not. <laughs> wow, Tiffany. What? Come on, I more. had that's to. It. I might as well. Need, I had to. You need a smile. You need a smile more. That's what it is. Yeah. But, I had um, to stop. See. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know her as much as you do, so I can't say. You know, I've I've met her once. I'm trying to think. Did you smile much? She's a gentleman. She was in professional know. mode, so she may not. Right, have. right, right. <laughs> so you got you got to excuse her. She's a gentleman, so you know she has that evil streak in her. So that's probably what oh. it is. <laughs> right, but you know what I get when most people talk to me. Um, you know what? She's the sweetest person. But if you never talk to me, you won't know. You'll think you're getting exactly what the look is on my face. But again, remember oh. what we were just talking about. Sometimes when a person sees the package on the outside, they don't right. want to open the gift. But then I get the knuckleheads that be like, "Come on, give me." Okay, I ain't scared. You know, what I'm <laughs> I think the ones that that um, that I'm more so would be interested in be afraid to approach me, and I don't want to be unapproachable. But you know, I'm, I'm anyway, going to say this. We're taking this into a whole nother. I I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this and I may get in trouble with some people, but I'm gonna say it anyway, I just have to say it the way it is. A lot of times a lot of times we change our mind of what we want so much that we got God confused. Oh wow. We say we we say we want one thing. Oh, okay. But our reactions and our actions are totally different. Totally different. Hmm. I have met I have come across a lot of women. That say they want a man that's understanding and that's caring and all that good stuff. And then when that man comes along, they don't Ooh, want that okay. man. He's oh, wait, not rough Kevin. enough. Kevin. Huh? Kevin. What? Okay, first of all, just I know we're not going to stay on this because I think we kind of getting off the subject. Well, dating is a part of life after divorce. However, it is. my thing is this, with the whole... Um, my man just went blank. Goodness. What did you just say about, oh, I want a man that's kind and caring and all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want all that, but I can't seem to meet the ones that have the basics along with that. A car, a job, your own residence. That's my okay. that's my issue. If you really want to okay, know, that's me... totally my issue. Okay, well, and and that's fine. I understand that, but let me let me put something to you like this: What if God is testing you? Oh. What if God sends someone with your way that doesn't have the basics but has all those oh other things, and serious? then and then He's just waiting to see if you really if you really want that kind man? Well, wait a minute. What then, happened to now? I wrote down what you said. Continue mm-hmm. to prepare yourself. Right. And don't bury yourself in God too much. But then you said, love you. Oh, that was it. Love yourself enough not to settle for less than the best. And that's what I kind of find myself doing a lot of times. But and it does, doesn't last because they'd be done lied about something, you know. So it doesn't really, really get, does, get to get to relationship mode because 
Right, right, because I be the, you know, but does the best play investigator, the best. and then they lied about what the name was, what he lived in, and, you know. It's like, wow, maybe. And I, I see, the thing is, is that I'm 36. So in four years, I'll be 40, and it's like, man, I don't want to spend the rest of my now. life by myself. I'm 40 So. Now. Right. I'm just saying, though. I'm not. (laughs) I'm not saying it's like an old thing, but it's just like, I don't know, it just feels like that midpoint is approaching. And, no, I'm not going to rush into nothing and do the dummy. But at the same time, I don't want to spend the rest of my life by myself. I don't want to be 60 and be still chilling by myself. Oh, yeah, I'm independent. No, let's go and keep it real. But I don't want to accept anything either just not to be by myself. I'm not going to do that. And you know what? I'm so glad you just said that, the, the, the <laughs> independent part. Yes. You know I'm glad you said that because, you know, and and trust me, there is nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with an independent woman. You want a woman with, with independence just in case, you know, some you hit some snags so she'll know how to step in and be that help me. But a lot of times, and I'm just talk, speaking of from some of the sisters I've heard, uh, they always saying, they so independent. I don't need a man for nothing. I don't need a man to do this. I don't need a man for nothing. Well, if you continue to say that, why would a man even come around? He's not needed. We as men, we have to feel needed because we're the covering. We were we were designed to cover. We were designed to protect. So we have to feel that need. And if you're constantly saying, I don't need a man to do nothing for me, then guess what? You're never going to have a man to do anything for you because you don't need it. Mm-hmm. So we have to I'm be not, very careful. Not you. I'm not saying so. you. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. you, but it's it's yeah. a very prevalent thing. Yeah, it's out there, definitely. Right. That is said. And it just comes wow. to the point where we have to look at ourselves. We have to turn that mirror and say, okay, I know I'm not perfect. We all have our flaws. Okay, God, but what is, is there something that I'm doing from that's preventing from you for bringing the person in my life that is designed to be in my life that will compliment me and that will will help me reach my destiny to where you want me to be. You just got to get real with it and be real with God and, and accept whatever real answer he gives us. Hmm. God, God, see, a lot of times we want, we want the perfect package and we ourselves mm-hmm. aren't perfect. Right. Right. How dare how dare we ask for something that we don't even bring to the table? Right, yeah. You know, a lot of us say, I, this person, the body type got to be like this. Okay, well, you're not in shape. You can't ask for somebody that's perfectly in shape. And I mean right. men and women. It's just different things that we ask for. Well, I want a person that that has a certain amount of degree of education. Okay, well, you don't have it, so... Why you, Why do you want something that you don't bring to the table at all? We right. just have to be real. We just have to be real. And a lot of times our expectations are not reality. Mm. And I say we because I'm included in the whole thing. I mean, yeah. It's a hard pill to swallow, but, you know, as long mm. as the medicine works, right? <laughs> Hello. Ooh, I'm here. I'm okay. here. I am definitely here. This has been a really um, interesting show. I think. Yeah. Very much. <laughs> a lot of information. <laughs> um, 
Wow. I'm, I'm going to meditate on that. Um, we have to wrap things up. I thank you so much for uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with us tonight. Uh, it's been my pleasure. Life After Divorce. Tell us again where we can um, purchase that book, uh, your website, and also your Facebook information. Okay, the website is www.PoeticSoulsPlace, that's P-O-E-T-I-C-S-O-U-L-S-P-L-A-C-E.com. Or you can go to my Facebook fan page, which is Poetic Soul, and you can shop directly from that page. It's a, on the left-hand side. It says Shop Now. It's an icon. You hit that icon, and my, all my books will come up, and you can shop directly from that Facebook page. So I'm trying to make it as convenient as possible uh, for those that may not want to venture off of Facebook and go onto the website. Mm-hmm. But you can purchase any one of my four books there. Um, I have the divorce book. Uh, the the one I just finished was, is called Fighting the Invisible Enemy, The Battle Within. And that talks about the struggle of the mind that we face every day. Um, that's another. Whew, that was another mm. one that I wrote. That was yeah. That that it was something else. Uh, so like that it. one is the the latest one. And then I have the poetry book, Intimate Expressions, Pieces from a Poet's Heart. And I have the very first book that I ever wrote. It was called Seeds of Inspiration. And that book is a book of um, inspirational quotes and daily affirmations. Um, that guy that I used to put on Facebook every day and everybody asked me they wish they had them at their fingertips so and that's how that came about but if you go to my website www.poeticsoulsplace.com or you can go to my Facebook fan page Poetic Soul to shop for the books and then my Facebook page is Kevin the Poetic Soul Mutri and add me as a friend uh, you know of course I'm a Look over it at first before I accept any just any invitation, but add me as a friend, and I am available except for to come and speak at any singles ministries, any singles retreats, or whatever it is. Or you just want me to come and sit down and and discuss life after divorce through the eyes of someone that has been through it, and that can share and can um, that can identify with people that are going through it. And, again, I thank you for having me, and I know God is going to do some great things for you because you have opened up uh, the airways and opened up your space and your time for writers such as me to get our gift out and get our ministry across. So I thank you, and I speak our blessings upon you. You are welcome, and I thank you so much for that. Um, I will see you on January 13th. Yes, at the uh, Champagne and Chat, for those yep. who don't know, we're having a Champagne and Chat networking event. It's five dollars to get in, and I have what I have is um, it's networking for anybody who has a business or is venturing out into something. But also, I have um, three writers that I'm inviting out right here in Chicago to come out, bring a couple of books, talk. You can talk about your book. I'm going to have it um, scheduled where people can actually say, you know, what they do and everything. So nobody leaves without making a con- uh, connect. Mm-hmm. So you will leave with a couple of contacts and, you know, some new things. So um, I thank you again, and I will see you on the 13th. Oh, yeah, yeah I most definitely will. 
Okay. Mario, you have anything else? I just want to say appreciate it, and thank you for putting that out there, especially from a man's point of view. So I'll be seeing you on the 13th also so we can get to talk a little bit more also. All right. I will definitely see you there, bro. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Mhm. And we are going to go to break. We'll be right back. Wow. Okay. 
that's one of those you just when you see a woman and she's just so beautiful and and you don't you get speechless with it. So you just write it down and say, This this is what I think you are. You you are a flower within my heart. So that's pretty much what it is. Wow. Okay. Hmm. You gotta stop tricking me to 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 say poetry. You know. No, we're like gonna have a poem about. every show. How about that? Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. I'm gonna How be asking for the that? next show. I'm gonna be asking for the next show. I, I'm taking my vacation. Mhm. No. Uh-uh. We got a show tomorrow. For those of you who don't know, we will be having uh, a show five days a week now. I was going to wait till January 1st, but no, I started this week. So if you miss it, you can always go back. Just click on the link and uh, listen in. Um, I always post the links for those who miss uh, the live shows. But, yes, I do plan to have a show every day, Monday through Friday. So please tune in anytime you get a chance to. Uh, Mario, I think we're going to wrap it up tonight. Okay. Um, uh, it was a good show. You know, like I said, a lot was. of information came I'm out. Just thinking about the conversation, it was. We actually need to get him back on the show to talk about some of his other books, too, you know. So we got to put yeah, that in the work also. He'll be back without a doubt. So who on the show for tomorrow? Tomorrow we're going to have... Um, Stephanie McLean, I think our author name is Stephanie Real. Uh, Tiffany, actually Tiffany, that's her name, not Stephanie. Tiffany Real, and she has a book. I don't have the title in front of me, but she's out of Atlanta, and she has an awesome story. So we will be talking to her tomorrow, same time, 7 o'clock. And we want to uh, just thank everybody for listening again. Thank the callers for calling in and the callers who called in and hung up. Thank you also. Yes, absolutely. Um, but, you know. What you say? No, I'm just saying, just thanking everybody and, you know, we got to do it again tomorrow and have some more information to put out there and have another great guest and talk about their life and their book. Yeah, also I've changed the uh, show times to 7, and I think that works better for myself and for our listeners. That way they get time to get home from work and get relaxed, and then they can tune in. So we will see you guys tomorrow in same time, same place. Uh, feel free to always call in every show. I have to figure out how to know what listeners want to be online and which ones don't, because you can also call in just to listen. So um, I did have the chat open tonight. I had it open last night, too. So I think I'm going to start having our listeners maybe um, send us a message on chat if they want to talk, just so we know who we have on hold and who really just wants to listen and who wants to actually have a question for our guests. So we will see you guys tomorrow, 7 p.m., same time, same place. Have a blessed evening and uh, anticipate a happy new year. Good night. Good night.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.